You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick and Matty Rose on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hour number three. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Powered by MortgagesToGo.ca, always the lowest interest rates in Canada since 2004. Visit MortgagesToGo.ca. The bottom of the hour, we'll do our lock of the day. And I will also tell you about an elective um, plastic surgery that some men are doing. And it's very specific. It's a very specific procedure. We'll do that to wrap up the show. But right now, he is a Flames host for Sportsnet on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. We say good morning to Ryan Leslie. Hello, sir. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. Nice choice with the Glenn Fry this yes. morning. The heat is on. Nice. Is there a better song to play at a bowling alley than the heat is on? Oh, nice pull. Yeah. That's a, that's a Beverly Hills cop tune that I think everybody knows mm-hmm. and loves. Uh, yeah. Great choice to come into it this yeah. morning. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks for jumping on. Um, we had the conversation earlier. I want to get your opinion on this, Ryan. I think, I think it's widely known that I think we can all agree that the best Calgary flame this season has been Jacob Markstrom. I don't think there's any question about that, but who's been the second and third best flame this season, Ryan? Oh, great call. Um, well, I think you could look at two guys, couldn't you? And Blake Coleman and Mackenzie Weger at both ends. Um, you know, you talk about goals when you talk about Blake Coleman and uh, um, personal bests. And, you know, Mackenzie Weger leading the league, or I don't know if he was actually. I should double check that. I just got up. But he was at one point leading the league for defensemen and goals. And, uh, yeah, I just think when you start looking at both of those guys and you think about, you know, some of the feel-good stories around the team for um, young guys, new guys, consistency. Um, there's a lot that you could look at, but those two jump off the page for me in terms of just, you know, hard to deny. Th- those two have to be two and three. How good has Nazem Kadri been lately? Really good. And you know what? There's a great choice for me. I, I Maybe I should probably put him in there too, but he has been sensational when you look at his – his points total, uh, the fact that he's, you know, really made a, a second line better, if it is the second line, debatable, I guess, could be even more than that. Um, yeah, I, I think that's an excellent choice as well. And, and I'm sure there was listeners yelling at me when I said Coleman and Uyghur would say, don't forget Nas. And you can't because he is uh, he has been very good uh, of late. And I don't know. I mean, I, I still think there's more snarl in his game. But other than that, that's just me wanting the old Nas. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, he's matured, he's grown, and I know he's doing everything he can now to sort of power a line that's been very effective. So, yeah, those three would be uh, would be really hard to argue in my books. What did you make of what Connor Zary had to say about Nazem Kadri and really Ryan Huska as well when he talked about really it's not necessarily an easy thing mentally to go from, you know, winning a Stanley Cup, hey, now you're going to go and have a couple of rookies riding shotgun with you and you got to make this work, but he's done it really well. Yeah, he has. And I remember when it first happened, and Matty, you may have been there when, when Nas first addressed it, when they were all first put together and maybe a game or two in, and, and it was a matter of uh, just before, um, and that is play with younger guys. And he looks at it, I don't know if it's a challenge what he said, but he certainly relishes uh, the opportunity to to play with these younger guys. And I don't know if it's a challenge internally or if it's a, if it's a slight at any point in his career where, oh, you're going to play with these young guys, or if it's a reward for everything he's doing to try and get things going. He's, I don't want to say he's the fixer, but he's certainly a guy who with his veteran leadership and 
the success he's had. He's a guy that uh, can really can really help uh, younger players come along, and it benefits them to be around that. And I don't know if it's a standard he sets or if it's a uh, if it's just a matter of uh, they look up to him, and it's hard to argue with what he's done. And you know, they seem to want to fall in line. That's for sure. And and uh, yeah, for. For Zary to get it, which, boy, this guy just impresses me all the time. He just gets it all the time. For him to understand that, for him to continue to benefit from it and, and use it to his advantage, I, I think it's great. And you hope, and it's kind of neat to see Pospisil with that bite mm-hmm. um, on a ship-by-ship hmm. basis. So they're kind of giving you everything on that line. It's It's been a treat to watch. Zary got a little bit of a, a twirl at center as well, really. It was a period, and... and... I don't think it was necessarily him that led to that line getting shaken up again, but what did you make of the Flames just going back and trying him at center, a guy who played center down in the AHL but has essentially been on the wing this entire season? Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, I knew there were some conversations about it when uh, some injuries took place um, and they had to shuffle the deck a little bit, but uh, knew that it was coming, didn't know how much, and it took a little while before they got there. I'd heard that that might be an option uh you know, maybe a week, yeah, maybe two weeks ago. And, uh, you know, it took a little time to get there, but uh, it doesn't really seem like, um, you know, I, I think that that is going to be an option going forward. Uh, we'll see how effective it is. We'll see what do with it. But, yeah, I think that's something that they drew up right away, given his history and given some injuries. Ryan Leslie, Flames host on Sportsnet, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, I guess, online big show, Russick and Rose. 960 the fan what's been the vibe around the room ryan you you have your 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 finger on the pulse of this flames team you're around it all the time here and on the road what's the vibes around the team like here when the trade deadline is just over two weeks away well i think you know like the players have said there's no way they can avoid it i I can tell you certainly that that they're talking about it and there is some questions about who's going where and when and you know what it all looks like let's just call a spade a spade. It's not like they tune it completely out. They don't. They may say that in the moment, but they don't, and they can't. Uh, as Rasmus pointed out a while ago, you know, it's 2024. We we follow along. We know what's going on. And for those directly involved uh, or potentially involved, um, they're aware and they have questions and they wonder, and no doubt they're leaning on their agent. No doubt, you know, they're, uh, they're trying to tune out the noise because no out it gets exhausting you know it it does and in any of my conversations with them uh you get that sense but the professional athletes um this is not new this is not the first deadline for many and um there are free agents some of them that are and some of them that aren't uh, that are in those conversations um i i don't know as though it affects them the way we might think the way we might talk about you know either on shows like yours or shows like mine where you know, it's it's great conversation, but I don't think it it affects them. They're grown men, they're pro athletes, they're paid very well, and with that comes the idea of blocking out the noise to the point where it doesn't affect their performance. Now, I'm sure in other cases we've seen it historically where it has. I just don't think it's in this scenario right now. Um, those who are free agents, I can tell you, and I've said many times on this show, they enjoy Calgary. This is purely business at this point. We have to, as the folks on the outside either media or fans or observers have to just accept the fact that uh, that this is a part of it as well um, and not take anything personal and I think Craig's done a really good job of of keeping it buttoned up 
He's done a really good job of when it is time. He's made some moves that uh, have been, I think, pretty darn good considering everything, the leverage he does or does not have. And uh, so now we just wait. The one thing, though, it just continues to build and it continues to mount, doesn't it? And every loss means. What does the potential risk of an injury mean? So there is mounting Mm -hmm. pressure internally, but Craig, I think, continues to show that while he has been active, he's also been patient, and uh, he he has to be, and he has to set what he thinks is the standard for what he wants in return, and uh, I applaud him for it so far. He has to get it right, doesn't he? Like, oh, no pressure, Craig, but get it right because – not only is everybody watching, but you, if you're retooling on the fly here, which it looks like for lack of, uh, I don't know if it's a better term or the fact that nobody wants to term it. Um, this is kind of where they're going. And I think they have to continue to win deals. And that's easy to say a lot harder to do. So I tip my cap to the job he's done so far. He has to keep it going. And I think people have to be understanding that it's a lot harder than, than just making a move. And uh, they want to get good. They want to get good in a relatively short amount of time. I just think that that pressure is mounting internally um, mm. while still professional athletes being able to tune it out and a professional general manager who was a pro hockey player. So we'll see how it all shakes down. But I don't think it's, uh, you know, these guys aren't losing sleep over any of this thing. So we just keep it in check. Uh, right. I think it's funny that uh, that term retool, rebuild is so polarizing among the fan base. Yeah. I think it's just semantics. Like, what's the difference? Yeah. The plan for this organization is to have younger players play a larger role and develop them into eventually turning this team into a Stanley Cup contender. Who the hell cares if it's a rebuild or it's a retool? It doesn't matter. They're well, going to be playing a lot of I'm... young players in key roles. That's yeah. what teams yeah. do right. that want to be competitive moving forward. Yeah, and we're seeing it now. And funny, you know, somebody took a shot or something at what something we said on uh, on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it today. But uh, about you know, veteran group. Well, there are veterans on this team, but there are a lot of young guys in key positions, as you just mentioned, George. And it's going to continue. And um, I, I do, I don't disagree, but I would say. In my mind, anyhow, there is a difference between a retool and a rebuild. Rebuild is just strip it down to the studs and, and get going and, and, you know, and and strip it right down. I'm not so sure that they're able to, first of all, and I'm not so sure they want to. You know, people are still fighting for jobs and fighting, and wins mean something. Ryan Huska needs wins. Craig Conroy needs wins while still doing what he has to do. Players need to win. You can't tell a player not to go out. So I do not to go out and and try and win a hockey game. So I do think there is a difference between a retool. You kind of take some things out of the player's hands. That's for one. You take some things out of the coach's hands. That's for another. Uh, but you also have veteran guys that you may not be able to move. You may not want to move. You may have veteran guys that fit in your time frame with their age and their contract. And there's a lot of examples of that still. So I'm not so sure it's a, you're able to fully strip it down to the studs, but I do think you can retool here and, and I do think that, you, to your point, George, you are going to have young guys who are learning on the job. And isn't it essential, George, when you think about other teams and organizations who had young players and were in full rebuild mode or at least relied on their um, high draft picks and it just went bad for a lot of years. And those mm-hmm. players were accustomed to a culture of losing. And I think what they're doing here is really good from a standpoint of 
it's a culture of, of trying to win games for these young guys. They're learning how from veterans. Um, they're, they're in most games. And I think that just allows you to have a couple of years where maybe it's not ideal, but it's not five, six, seven of just pure losing. There's a difference between winning and trying to win. And then there's a difference of middle ground. And then there's a real difference between, Oh my gosh, like, is it ever going to end? We're in lottery after lottery after lottery. And that's probably where some organizations would say, well, Ryan, this is how we got good. It's how we're in contention. And you can make that case, but at least for your young guys, forget about the philosophy for your young guys. They're not subjected to nothing but misery and losing. I think there's real value there. Uh, Are the New York Rangers, maybe the blueprint for the Calgary Flames, a team that, yeah, I know yeah. They, they won that lottery. They got lucky with Lafreniere and however you think about him, but that was a team that kind of retooled on the fly here, and, and they went and signed Panarin, and all of a sudden that's a legit Stanley Cup contender. They got bad. We remember that that letter that Jeff Gordon sent out that mm-hmm. probably ultimately cost him his job in New York, the Rangers, with their crazy owner, James Dolan. But still, yeah. like that is that the blueprint for maybe Don Maloney in this organization? I know he played for the Rangers. Like, hey, this is a team that retooled on the fly. In my opinion, yes. Um, I, I actually liked that letter. I thought, you know, and I may be the only one who liked it, but I thought it was <laughs> it was real, and I thought it was realistic, and I thought it was honesty to a degree for a fan base that probably needed it. Now, that, you're right. That may have cost him his job, but I, I think sometimes you just got to shoot the public straight with what's going on. They're too smart, especially in this market. You know, they've been patient, and some uh, honesty is going to go a long way with them. And and I think, you know, Craig is doing a pretty honest job, ne- not necessarily the same way in terms of coming out and, you know, clearly defining. But no news is kind of like, well, just watch what I'm doing. And you, if, if you're watching and paying attention, you see what he's doing. You don't have to have something where he's got a backpedal or a letter that may get somebody in trouble because he didn't stay true to it he can pivot he can go places and yet his actions are kind of indicating the direction without necessarily coming out and painting anyone into a corner um so while i i like gordon's letter and i like the approach i can also understand why you don't do it um and i and i think you're right that is somewhat of an identifiable blueprint for a group that is trying to do it in my opinion and an estimation on the fly and uh it keeps everybody engaged, man. Like, I know they want to start winning more at home. I know they want to start winning more on the road. But as you look at the highs and lows, the, you asked me what the pulse in that room is like. The one word that continues to come up with the players is consistency. They want consistency and uh, in their play and certainly in their effort. Um, and I think consistency with the message, either from the top right down to the fourth line or third string goaltender. They just want consistency. I think that goes a long way. Wanted to ask you about Jonathan Huberto's play of late as well, and just what you've seen in a difference. You know, confidence was something they got brought up yesterday in the scrum with Ryan Huska. What have you seen that's a little bit different about his play since the calendar flipped? Well, confidence is the key word for sure, but and I don't know if the word lighter came up. He's just a lot lighter. He is enjoying himself. He's enjoying himself as he comes to the rink, his teammates, his linemates. Not to suggest he didn't enjoy those. Uh, players and teammates before but when you're carrying the weight of the world on you everything's heavy and I just see him as a lot lighter and he's a gentleman 
He's put his best foot forward. He puts a smile every day, even when it wasn't going well. He's hanging in there, and I can't imagine all that he's feeling. Again, pro athlete, big contract. With it comes big pressure to produce and perform, um, but he's still a human, and I think it was really affecting him. It's no surprise. Everybody saw it. Everybody's looked at the stats line and looked at some of the things he said and seen the body language. So for me right now, he's a lot lighter. I'd like to see Peltier get back in there because mm-hmm. that certainly has – uh, a real positive effect on him. And um, yeah, I just, uh, I, I just think he's walking around feeling a little bit lighter that allows more inspired play and, and, and hopefully for his sake, more results. Andre Kuzmenko uh, looks to be riding the opposite wing uh, once again here with Huberto for tonight's game. Uh, obviously got a little bit of a demotion there. Ryan Husko was very gentle with it. What did you make of the play recently for Andre Kuzmenko? Yeah, he was gentle with it, and I think that's the right way to do it because everybody knows that it wasn't going the right way in Vancouver, and uh, this is a player you want to get the most out of, and that's what I think a real strength to Ryan Huska is, is knowing how to treat and teach each player according to who they are. And now, he's got a long leash, Huska does, but he's also he can be very firm. Ask Jonathan Huberto about taking a seat in the third period a couple of months ago. So he, and that took stones guys for a rookie head coach to bench the most expensive player you have who's not producing and guess what it it may not have resulted in instant uh results but it didn't result in backlash against a rookie coach it took guts it took a spine he did it and there was no real backlash now was there um an automatic turnaround no but he he did what needed to be done in that moment and it, the same goes with Kuzmenko and uh, you hope that they'll respond again with being the professionals they are you got to get going and uh, yeah I think the spark that Kuzmenko has provided um, you know there's been some strong quotes from guys like Blake Coleman who are like hey he's been great for us so uh, you know you defer to the players they're going to say the right things but also they know players know and they know that they've got a skilled player here I talked to Curtis Lazar uh, when we were in Jersey about uh, Kuzmenko and you know, he had nothing but great things to say. And, and he, you know, again, players know and they know what it's what they're dealing with in terms of a skill set, in terms of an attitude and a commitment. So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see this thing continue to uh, rise, as I'm sure uh, all listeners and viewers would uh, in terms of his play. But, you know, he just got here. And how many times have we said for players, oh, it takes time? Oh, you know, new systems. Well, this guy's jumped in and shown you flashes of what he's capable of. So um, he's just now getting his feet wet here on in his new hometown and, you know, uh, living out of a hotel and figuring life out. Yeah, I'm not saying you cut him a lot of slack, but I think in this point, in this case, you can. And uh, everybody's got to be realistic about not only where he is, but where this team is too. And so um, it also you know, helps you wade into the conversation. This is going down a, a long road here, but do you want wins? Do you want losses? Where do you want this team to go? Um, if you're a fan base right now, um, that's a that's a fascinating discussion. I'm sure you've had many times on the show. So um, with Kuzmenko, I think you just kind of wait to see how it all plays out. Make sure he's committed uh, like every other player you're watching and, and just sort of enjoy this for what it is right now. And, and see where this little adventure can go. Uh, 
Sharon Govich playing center on that line, how much has that affected his offensive side of the game? Because uh, you can just kind of see it that he's trying to be more responsible on the defensive side of the puck. Is that costing him a little bit offensively because he hasn't looked like the same player offensively since he's moved to center ice? Yeah, maybe. And, you know, yeah, maybe. And I think that's a good thing, right? Because if he is committed to both ends, um, that's one thing that Huska and every coach has been preaching to their skilled players. And that's how good players, man, you could go all the way back to offensive, like bona fide, you know, offensive threats who had to alter their game in order to win. And, uh, you know, I think it's a, it's a good thing. It's a good thing that, uh, first of all, it's a position with heavy responsibility. And second of all, you want them to know where the other end is. You want them to be responsible, and you can look at other players. I mean, if, if you're looking at wins or if you're looking at personal production, because if you want wins, if you're the fan base and you love what Michael Backlund and uh, Coleman are doing, then you're not you're not coming after them for points. If you want them to be offensive guy and have all kinds of numbers, well, maybe you've got to be willing to accept the fact that there may be some defensive liabilities some night. So we want it every way, don't we? But no. um, we still don't know what we want. Do we want wins? Do we want to plummet lower? Uh, do you want individual success? Do you want team success? So, yeah, I don't know. I look at that as I think it's great for the maturation of the player, um, different responsibilities, uh, different assignments and different awareness for sure. Um, but it's all, it's all part of it right now. It's about what you want uh, as a listener or viewer. Do you, do you want team wins? Do you want individual success? Do you want them sniping uh, to give you the best chance to win? Or do you want them playing defensive as the best chance to win? Or do you even care because you want losses? I don't know. I think it's great. Um, before I let you go, I wanted to ask you, uh, what is your plan for the trade deadline? Have you gotten the information yet? Are you just staked out at the Dome? If the Flames trade Marstrom, Tanev, and Hanovan before the deadline, it's like, oh, you were good, Ryan. Like, what is your plan for the deadline? Well, we have a game in Florida, so we'll be in Florida. We have so, a broadcast. So you're just going to be chilling um, out on the beach? Be, what's that? Chilling out on the beach, waiting for a trade to happen? Yeah, I thought I'd have uh, Francis apply uh, sunscreen <laughs> to my bald oh. head and yeah. pasty white feet. Okay. Um <laughs> You know, what SPF sure are you using yeah, on your dome? Hair, Don't threaten me with a good time. Is it a hundred? Are you putting a yeah. hundred on your head? Give you half an hour to quit. Give you half an hour to quit that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, I'll uh, I'll be in Florida, um, Lobster Fest twenty four. Okay, and uh, and the team, uh, the or rather the um, management will be back here, and we'll just kind of keep an eye on everything on deadline day and. Obviously, uh, there's work to be done between now and then. I wonder if it's done before then, mm-hmm. or is that day, you know, it's always the great. Is it? Are we swamped that day, or is it dead and everything's been done? I think we all have our opinions on how it's going to shake down. Personally, if anything's going to be done, I'd like it to be done sooner so I can catch a wave down there. I don't okay. know about you guys. I wish we were there with you, but uh, we'll Water be grinding here. We'll be grinding here that day on deadline day, uh, Ryan. Yes, well, if you need me, Call me. Okay. Sounds good. We will do that. Uh, Ryan Leslie, uh, Flames host for Sportsnet. Always a pleasure. Thanks, pal. Thanks for this. SPF 50. See you, boys. Okay, there you go. SPF 50 on the dome. There you go. You're a... You're a, you're a uh, yeah? You're a guy who probably isn't a huge fan of the sun. Uh, what would you... <laughs> what would... Uh, what you're would you? white as hell. Have you been to Florida? Oh! Uh, 
a no? Okay, let me tell you. California. I've been, I've been to. I've been in Orlando Arizona? in August. Uh huh. Oh, Arizona's hot too. Yeah. Orlando in August is like Africa hot. Like I had to hide from the sun. My thick Canadian blood's like, what are you doing? This yeah. is not for you. It's too hot. Like the humidity, you could cut it with a knife, and then the sun is just beating down on you. That reminds me of a clip I saw on social media yesterday oh. featuring Bob Costas and Ichiro oh, Suzuki. Yes. <laughs> yes, I did see that. Kansas City is hotter than two rats going off in a wool sock. Yeah. It was good. <laughs> it's a great clip. It's a real, I had to Google it because yeah. I couldn't understand him at first. Yeah. And then you get the, and like, oh, yeah, I yeah. get it. It's really good. It's hot. It's hot. In Florida. Yeah. And mm. then like at, at night, you're like, oh, what's that? This is heat lightning. Don't worry about it. It just goes on the whole it's night. Standard. And it does. Yeah. And then we're and gonna no one even bats an eye. Craziest rain that you'll yeah. see for yeah. like all of 45 minutes. And then beautiful again. Yeah. Arizona gets super hot, too. I've been in Arizona in September, and mm. it's hot. Mm. It was 118 the one time I was there. Whoa. But it's dry heat, though. Yeah. It's like it's like a hair dryer in your face, but they tell me it's dry heat. Like, oh, my God. No it's thanks. Hot. No thanks. Um, straight ahead. Lock of the day. Uh-huh. Also, a uh, an elective plastic surgery. A lot of dudes are getting done. And I want to see if you guys would maybe potentially get this done. Because it's, uh, it's very specific. Also, uh, I want to do a little more on this. Who's the second and third best player on the Flames? Yeah. Because uh, we kind of touched on it to give ours. I want to give ours after the break because we got Ryan Leslie's there. Sounds good to cool. me. Because I think we can all universally agree in the room, Jacob Markstrom's been the best Calgary Flame this season. I don't think there's any question about that. Yes. Okay. That's one thing we can agree upon. I don't right, know if Patrick, agree- you agree? Yes. GVP? Oh, yeah. Okay. Connor? I concur. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Connor. <laughs> there we go. Thank you for uh, maybe we'll get Connor's second and best third member of the Calgary Flame this season. It's gonna be what Max Domi and Tyler Bertuzzi. Okay, Max Domi's been super disappointing, right, Connor? Best of a bad bunch. Okay, best of a bad bunch. That's the, what is that? I don't know what that means. That sounds like that's Leafsy as I've ever heard. Okay, <laughs> all right. Uh, one more segment to go. Mercifully, Big Show, Russick and Rose Sports at nine sixty. The fan. It's the Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Powered by Mortgages2Go.ca. Always the lowest interest rates in Canada since 2004. Visit Mortgages2Go.ca. We got some stuff to do. We got things to do here. We'll do our lock of the day. Brought to you by Metal Supermarkets Calgary. Uh, My soccer uh, pal tweeted me yesterday about my pick. Where is it? Uh, Not frustrated Flames fan. Not that guy. Um, (laughs) No. um, Damn it. It was about my soccer pick uh, when uh, Barcelona was up uh, 1-0 on Napoli. uh, And he's tweeting me. He's tweeting me the the Bugs Bunny counting the money thing. I'm like, slow down. The match isn't over. Boom. Napoli ties it. There goes my pick. (laughs) I don't know where it is now. When you try to look up things live on the radio, it just never works out for you. Mm-hmm. Just never does. It's like trying to do quick math on the air. <laughs> just never does. Where's my damn abacus? Yeah. If there's one thing, Patrick, you ask him the state capital anywhere, he'll nail it for you, right? Uh-huh. Illinois. Illinois? Yeah. Oh, uh, Springfield. See? No Patrick, problem. what's nine times seven? Oh, God. 67? No. <laughs> See? 63. 63. Yeah, yeah. yeah 60. 
See, Patrick's not. He nails the state capital like no, but nobody business. But nine times seven, no sir. The nines are easy. You and just I put down the seven. I swear to you, that was not rehearsed. No. That was not rehearsed at all. No, no. It's just no. the way it is. That's just we all have our strengths and weaknesses. Just the way it is. Um, and we'll talk about uh, an elective uh, plastic surgery. Guys are getting done. That maybe you guys will want to get done too. Always excited to see what garbage you bring to end the show with. It's true. Yeah, yeah. I like to. Uh, well, this isn't. I wouldn't say it's garbage per se, <laughs> but but the one line in it always ma- it made me chuckle. So I had to. Uh, that's why I wanted to do the story. It's like and he it calls is- it trash. Like what trash did you think of yeah. today to bring <laughs> to the show? What stupid thing? <laughs> what dumb shtick yeah. did you come hey, up you with know, today? Yeah, but you know who was who wants to hear it? Jason Bukala. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, hey, he didn't want. And I'm going to give you even uh, a little more whatever. hint. It involves a super famous person. Okay. Wow. So you have to Sports go to Turkey figure. for this. No, you'll find out. Oh, okay. Hair plugs. No. Turkey's apparently the mecca for that. And teeth. Really? Oh, yeah. Jibs? If your... you need some new jibs, you oh, go yeah. to Turkey? Getting yeah. your teeth get done or just here, getting really? them? Yeah. Like yeah. just the implants? Yeah, and... yeah, like veneers and whatnot, like nice white, just, you know. They do good fake teeth they over do there? good fake teeth. Like Shannon Sharp's teeth? <laughs> He's got soap bars. No, Jonah, Jonah Hill's character <laughs> in Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> yes. Did you just say he has soap bars? For he does. Teeth. Soap bars. He's got soap bars for teeth. <laughs> well, I guess that's better than somebody like Matt Sundin who looked like a jack o' lantern. Well, yeah, I think it's a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> like it's better than having your tongue looking like it's in jail. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I get that a little oh, bit. I got a little bit of a gap between fine. the front two there. You can get that. You can get that fixed. If One you want. time, my dentist was like, "You know, people pay a lot of money for that nowadays." And I went, "That's very polite of you, but you don't have to say that." That's like that. to get it fixed or have a gap. To have a gap, really? I don't believe you for a second, but okay, I'll take your word for it. So I feel slightly better about myself while you. You can get the little bonding there if you wanted to, but why would you? I don't give a yeah rats. I think, I think it fits the mustache. Sure. Like it's a real. There's a little bit of a gap between the mustache too. Right. Uh huh. It's like it's in line. Yeah. Your body's like, nope, not there, sir. Yeah. Try, um, try and kick the field goal, bud. So we got the uh, we got the, uh, the, the plastic operation. surgery story coming up, and our lock of the day. Can't wait. Uh, but first, uh, we asked Ryan Leslie the question I asked earlier on in the show. We know Jacob Marsham's universally been the best player in the Calgary Flames this season. Sure. Who's second and third? Leslie came out with Coleman and Weger. I think it's hard to dispute those. Coleman having a career year. Anytime a guy has a career year, he's got to be the second or third best player on the team so far this season. Mm -hmm. The weak dog uh, tied. Is he tied or leading the league for defensemen and goals? He's 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 leading. He's got 15. He's one more than Dalene, Harley, and... Is Makar up there? No. no. Bouchard's got one more back. I don't know. I was just looking at it. But still. I got it right here. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uyghurs one, and then Harley, Darlene, and Bouchard are all at four. There you go. Oh. Makar's a 13. So when you have uh, two guys having career years, it's kind of hard not to have them up there. Who would you have instead of Coleman and Uyghur, Matty? I don't know. Well, I, I really like Michael Backlund's season, and mm. I think that a lot of what Michael Backlund has done helped with that really good hot streak that we saw from Blake Coleman, and even though Blake's kind of cooled off a little bit here as far as putting the puck in the net the last four or five weeks, um, he's been a very good player for this team. I just think Backlund has shown that consistency. He does all that work on the top penalty kill unit, which has been one of the better PK units in the entire NHL this year, and really hasn't taken as much of a step back as I thought they would after Elias Lindholm left. 
So Backlund would certainly be right up there for me. I've liked a lot of the defensemen this year as well. Like Anderson's having a good year. Hannafin is having a good year. Tanev has had an excellent year mm. by his standards as far as just going out and doing what he's able to do. So yeah. listen, Uyghur's got the counting stats in the sense that he has the 15 goals and he leads the NHL as far as defenseman goes in that aspect. But he's also averaging 22 minutes a night and you start looking around and well, look at that. Noah Hannafin's way up there as far as uh, some of the time on ice, guys. So Rasmus Anderson's up there, too. He's skating 24 minutes a night, right? So there's just some other players on the team as well that I think have been very good. It's hard to pick the second and third best players. They have a lot of options up until this point of the year. Patrick, who are the second and third best players on the team? I said earlier, I think it was it's Uyghur and Hannafin for me. But I think mm. uh, a shout out for a guy who, you know, first time here, I don't think he's been, you know, he's made an impact. It's Martin Pospisil. He's, he's, mm. I'm going to say he's second or third best, but uh, he's he's got a contract extension sure. out of this. He's improved Nazem Kadri's play as well along that line. Uh, I think this is a guy that the Flames are going to be super happy to have in their lineup in, in years to come because it's something they were lacking for so long. Who you got, JVP? Uh, you know, I, I think Uyghur and Coleman are the obvious answers to this question, but I'll also throw Yegor Sharankovich's name out there. He's got, he's got 20 goals on the season. He's now playing as, as the first-line center for the Calgary Flames right now. And, you know, a lot about the the discussion about that, that trade between uh, the Devils and the Flames, whether or not the Flames have won that. All in all, I think the, the Flames have come out as probably the winner in that deal. So I, I would say Sharon Govich as, as uh, maybe another guy to throw in that, that conversation as well. I know that when we say best, it it's very subjective on how you could read it. But before he got hurt and what you expected out of him, like I don't know how A.J. Greer is near the top of that list too, right? Like just based on he was a lottery ticket, he was a guy that you it know, might just, just be like up. a different conversation, like sure. pleasant surprises. For the Flames, yeah. I think he's more in that conversation, I guess. Yeah, he hasn't but. been their best player, but has he exceeded the role that I think a lot of people expected 100%. him to be in this year? Yeah, without a doubt. And, and there's several players on that list. You know, he fits in there right with Pospisil, right with Connor Zary. Zary, for, for the first half of the season, I would throw Dennis Gilbert in there, um, but tailed off a little bit. Uh, limited sample size, but you could probably put Oliver Shillington in that group as well. Sure even though he hasn't necessarily put the points up, but yeah. I don't know what you expected out of him full stop this year. How far away is Jonathan Huberto from this well, conversation? Well, I was about to ask him and Nazem Kadri in this conversation. Kadri's, I think, is Kadri. in the conversation. Huberto is at a point per game during January. I think he's knocking on the door, but for as the entire Huberto's season as a sample size. points per game since December 31st. Yeah, so like he's, he's starting to, to heat up here, but I don't know. All in all, I, I, I don't think he's in that conversation, but he's having a nice little stretch right now. Also, um, when it comes to Jonathan Huberto, um, he just looks more dangerous on the ice. Oh yeah, lately, like it's there's no question. And even he he's doing a better job of disguising his passes, which has always been his bread and butter. Like he just looks like a more dangerous player out there for the Calgary Flames. A lot of it looks instinctual rather than he's thinking and mm. going through the the process in his head of make this play left and then head fake right and then try and put the pass across. Instead, it's just all kind of happening for him. Mm -hmm. And and that's, for a player like him, that it is instincts and it is skill, you kind of have to take the reins off and let him run. And, and they certainly let him do that earlier on in the year, but couldn't really find a spot with anybody. Like we talked about a lot, that Lindholm and Huberto combination was just a mess ever since Huberto came to Calgary. And really, since Lindholm's 
been gone. That's been a big part of it here, too. And it hasn't even been Kuzmenko on the other side. It's essentially been Huberto and Sharon Govich that are playing really well every single game. Yeah. And then the other guy, whoever ends up being over there, has been fine. Like Dryden Hunt might have been had some of the best play on the wing of that line over the last week or two. Yeah, and he gonna, was only there for 40 minutes. It's going to be interesting to see how Kuzmenko responds tonight in that game. I thought he had some good moments on that fourth line the other day, but like I said, there were just some times where it's like, listen, if you're going to be on the fourth line and we talked about, oh, he's this stout, he's this fire hydrant, strong lower body, like you can't win, you can't lose certain board battles to certain players yep. in certain fashions. So, listen, I love the way he talked about playoffs every time he talked to the media, but like there's a reason that a bona fide playoff team traded you away. Mm-hmm. It's because of things like that. Uh, Flames and Bruins tonight. We'll have it for you live right here, of course, on Sportsnet 960. The fan, the pregame show essentially starts like after our show, where even you guys do a lot of it <laughs> on uh, Big Show Plus, Mucho Big Show, Big mm-hmm. Show Extra. Yeah, yeah you get more clicks in around Sportsnet today. I think. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Big Show Hour 4, if you will. Yeah. Um, What did we do yesterday in our lock of the day? Well, uh, George, you lost. Uh, uh, George. Come on, George. Barca Matt, let me uh, down. Maddie, uh, uh, Clayton Keller let you down, so you did yeah. not hit your parlay. No. Uh, curling's been good to me. Uh, Jennifer Jones covered her uh, two and a half, and uh, the Leafs covered the one and a half on the puck line for GVP. Well, look at you guys. So let's get into go. our log of the day, brought to you by Metal Supermarkets Calgary, offering a large variety of metal types and shapes, cut to any size and ready fast. Metal Supermarkets Calgary, the convenience store for metal, located on 50th Avenue, Southeast. Okay, I'm going back to the pitch, to the footy, as they say. Sure. I am going to take some Serie A action today. Uh Uh-huh. I'm taking Torino at home against Lazio. Uh, Torino just one defeat in their last 11 league outings. Five wins, five draws. I like Torino in this spot. I'm going to lock them in to win at home today. Hmm, very interesting. I'm looking at a few different things here. There's some really interesting lines as we get set for this evening's hockey action. I think I'm going to go with a tidy little parlay here again. Grab a couple of favorites on the money line and just move forward with it. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to grab the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're at home to the Washington Capitals. And I'm also going to go ahead and grab the Dallas Stars. They're on the road to battle the Ottawa Senators. I'm going to parlay those two together and get a tidy little number there. Lock it in. Okay. Well, don't. It's not broke. Don't fix it. Go back to the Scotties. Uh, this afternoon, Team Canada, Kerry Anderson's rink taking on Newfoundland and Labrador. Um, it's not a bad Newfoundland and Labrador accent. Minus four and a half. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, bud. Oh, yeah. Lock it in Canada. Cover four and a okay. half. How is curling down there? At the Win- at Winsport? Yeah. Oh, it's great. Okay. It's so it's uh, it's about 3,100 seats in there. Intimate venue. It's loud. It's rowdy in there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna head to the NBA. We got some basketball. Yeah, it's to back, bet on. baby. It's back. Let's go. I yes. love betting on basketball. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take a look at the uh, the Suns and the Dallas Mavericks game tonight. A lot of bad blood between both of these teams. Devin Booker and Luka Doncic has this kind of like really nice rivalry to watch in the NBA. So I'm I'm actually gonna take uh, Devin Booker to have a big game. I'm gonna take over his point total, 26 and a half. Okay, lock it in. There you go. Our locks of the day. 
Brought to you by Metal Supermarkets Calgary, offering a large variety of metal types and shapes cut to any size and ready fast. Metal Supermarkets Calgary, the convenience store for metal, located on 50th Avenue South East. Uh, before we go, um, I'm going to ask you guys a very personal question. Mm. Matt, I'm going to start with you. Yeah. Have you ever looked in the mirror out of the shower with your tarp off? Oh, God. Have you ever said, you know what? These nipples aren't just, they're not cutting it right now. Uh, no, actually, believe You've it or not. You've never thought that? I've never thought that. I actually am a, a big fan. I think I've, I'm <laughs> well set there. Okay. You've never thought that, hey, maybe I need an almond-shaped nipple? Almond? Nope. Perfectly proportionate, and I like the size. Patrick, have you ever doubted, uh, have you ever questioned the hand that you got when it comes to your nipple game? No. I okay. Haven't. GVP? No, I are think you, I... Are I, you I, proud of your nipple game? I think I got a strong nip game. Nip game. Okay. Well, apparently, How's your nip game? I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm satisfied with my nip. They're not a pancake nipple. Okay, it's a smaller nipple. Uh huh. Yeah, like easily irritated. Oh, like I don't like that. Sorry about you that. You wear an undershirt. Like I, I remember when I had a. Michael Do you wear the band aids when you run. <laughs> I remember <laughs> when I had. Tape. I remember when I had a Michael Jordan jersey when I was a kid. Yeah, and if I didn't wear a shirt underneath, it would irritate my nipple. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I think anybody a basketball, yeah, basketball jersey like. Yeah, it could be a kind of a freak and if I it think, didn't. And I think that's the last time I wore like a muscle shirt. Yeah, <laughs> was like when I was in elementary school. All right, what's happened? Uh, okay, so apparently, according to New York City surgeons, uh, dudes are seeking help to get their nipples reduced in size mm. to look like David Beckham's nipples. Oh, it's good nipples. Uh, people want David Beckham's nipples, according to Doctor Mark Everett, a plastic surgeon on Manhattan's <laughs> Upper East Side. He told the Daily Mail. Uh, yesterday, apparently, according to Dr. Ellie Levine, who also has a practice in the same swanky neighborhood, she's now performing the procedure once every couple weeks, Whoa. up to a handful times a year. Apparently, uh, it's all about the soccer star's uh, small, symmetrical, almond-shaped nips <laughs> that have ca- that have men forked over about five thousand dollars for the procedure to get your nips looking like David Beckham's. Oh, boy. Woof. Where to start? Uh, a, y'all have way too much money on your hands. Yep. B, y'all care way too much about what your nipples look like. Who gives a rat's ass mm. what your nipples look like? Okay. Nobody cares. Which one of your partners is going to be like, oh, excuse me. Those are well over the size of a loony. <laughs> too big. <laughs> Get out, you chump. You're disgusting. Vile. Smaller. Get out of here. Yeah, I don't know. This is the whole thing's dumb. Uh, also, uh, men are wa- if they're wearing something with a tight fitting form that shows their nipples more prominently, that might make them uncomfortable. The plastic surgeon proclaimed. Uh, so you need to improve your nip game to get him into almond shapes like David Beckham. Is that five k per nip or two for one? That's Matt. I think Cocker. it's, it's five thousand dollars for the procedure. Oh, okay, mm. so there you go, Matt. If you want to know, saving your pennies, five thousand for the whole for the two. You can get almond shaped nips like David Beckham. What do you think? How are they? Pretty good. They're pretty like, small. Like <laughs> I will pretty say, close to David Beckham's. I will say, frankly, like, this isn't the most you know professional thing, but Maddie just showed us his nipple. And this is why we, we want cameras in here. It is a little chilly in here. You could probably cut glass with those things. No, it's just. It's a little tough. Yeah. Okay. Quit flipping it. Uh, Apple, what? Google, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your favorite <laughs> podcast. What do you got coming up on? What do we call? Big, is it Big Show Hour 4? Yeah, it's just Big Show Hour Do you ever four. call it Mucho Big Show? I've never called it Mucho Big okay. Show. Well, maybe you should start. Uh, 
maybe. Steve Conroy from uh, the Boston Herald talking a little Boston Bruins. With us. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is Bruins and uh, Flames tonight down at the Dome. Um, maybe we should. you should ask Steve Conroy who won the Boston Bruins as almond-shaped nipples. <laughs> I wouldn't. I'm okay. not. No. All right. <laughs> Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your favorite podcatcher. Uh-huh. Um, rate and review and subscribe and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, enjoy the game tonight. We'll be all over like a dirty shirt tomorrow. And we're playing Flames Hot Seat tomorrow with Brent Cron. Looking forward to where it. Where you get to hear Brent Cron suffer as he eats really hot stuff. He's going to the game tonight with some clients, too, so wonder what shape he's going to be in. Uh, probably not in the best shape to eat really hot food, but he's going to have to do it anyway. DBD. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog.